Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Alison Bobbitt, and I'm here with my husband, Mike Bobbitt, and you made me watch The Cat from Outer Space. Yep. The 1978 (laughs) Disney movie. Yes. Starring Ken Berry and Sandy Duncan. And a really cute little cat. Yes. So this came up because our son, Benji, has been watching. (laughs) It would be so easy if he wanted to just watch Cars. But he wants to watch the Mater's Tall Tales. Yeah. Oh, God. Which are only like five to ten minutes long. So you just have to sit there and, you know, and I don't You're like just constantly using... having to play. Yeah. Like... And I don't like using the TV as a babysitter. But sometimes you need to get shit done. Yes. So there's one UFM, Unidentified Flying Mater. <laughs> and there are definitely nods to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But... I also felt as though there were nods to Cat from Outer Space. And this was on my list, so I decided it was a good time to finally watch it. Yes. Which is funny, because normally it's you who's making me watch Disney movies. I know, from yeah. A bygone era. But yes. I absolutely love this movie. It came out when I was six years old. Maybe it's from this that I really liked Ken Berry. He ended up... Being on uh, Mama's Family with Vicky Lawrence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just a guy who I really enjoyed a lot. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a song and dance man, but he just kind of fell into being a TV star. He was the star of F Troop as well. Uh-huh. Um, F Troop was a, a series that was before my time. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to watch reruns of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because it stood for fuck troop (laughs) are you serious Uh uh-huh oh i did not know that yeah yeah huh all right this also has sandy duncan who i've always found super delightful yeah she ended up replacing valerie harper on the tv show valerie uh or or maybe it wasn't called valerie but it became like hogan's family or whatever oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and roddy mcdowell who i really like too yeah he is one of those people that apparently wrote journals and knows the dirt about absolutely everyone in Hollywood, but was really good at keeping a secret and not saying anything negative. And there's a story about the only person he ever said anything negative about was Walt Disney. 
Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, he was a child star and he got news that one of his parents was in the hospital about to die or had just died. Mm -hmm. So he got in his car and started leaving the lot and the person at the gate stopped him and said, "Uh, there's a phone call for you, uh, Mr. McDowell. It's uh, Mr. Disney. And Roddy McDowell was like, oh my God, this is Walt Disney taking time out of his day to you know send me his condolences mm-hmm. and walt was like hey uh roddy you're we're behind on shooting and seeing as how your parents already dead uh do you think maybe you could go back oh. finish the scene and roddy just got in his car and left the lot and so the only wow. person he's ever said anything negative about was walt disney where he was like he was truly an awful man <laughs> yeah that's pretty terrible to just be like <laughs> Seeing as how your family member is already dead. Uh. Right. I thought this was kind of neat. It's also has McLean Stevenson, who was on MASH. Yes, I then, do remember him from MASH. Yeah, and then he was replaced by Harry Morgan. And McLean Stevenson's character was the one who dies in a helicopter <laughs> crash. Yes, and yeah. It caused such an uproar that people were complaining to the station and the creators of mash were like okay if we write anyone off the show we'll never kill them again and it was so bad because it was so sad yeah because he was like going home like his character Mm -hmm. was like going home to see his family and then he was killed in a helicopter crash yes so to try to make fans happy on the Carol Burnett show the next week, they had McLean Stevenson in a lifeboat waving to the camera going, I'm okay. That's so funny. Really? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yep. That's really funny. And then Ronnie Shell is the voice of Jake the cat. Yes. There was a scene where there's a soldier and you <laughs> said, oh, I think that line was 80 yard. And it was because Ronnie Shell was that soldier and they felt in post-production his voice was way too identifiable. Way too, yeah. Ronnie Shell was a stand-up comedian. Was he really? Yeah. And, Aww. you know, just sort of like a guy who, you know, is just a working, you know, he opened for Kingston Trio a lot and, mm-hmm. you know, in that folk era. And then... Uh, started getting these roles and that's what made his career take off and uh oh uh he had a good sense of humor about it too he's still alive actually he was born in 1931 so he's damn uh he's gonna be 91 years old this year wow good for him and uh so he used to call himself the slowest rising star in hollywood (laughs) that's amazing yeah so this movie was actually really adorable I think Benji will really like it. Yeah. Um, Also, the cat was super cute. Like, they picked a breed of cat that is very cute. And very expressive. Yes. So it's an Abyssinian cat, Mm -hmm. which also is very smart because its fur looks the same. Like, there's no identifiable markings, really. It, it, Mm -hmm. it, It kind of has, like, um... It's like tortoise squirrel or yeah, like, like or, a okay. squirrel or yeah. like a rabbit, like how their each individual like hair is like banded. So it's not like a tabby cat where you can see the markings. Oh, OK. And I think that's actually really smart to use a cat like that, because then, you know, if you use a different one, it's just more seamless. 
Yeah. Because um, Jake the cat was played by two different cats, mm-hmm. um, Rumpel and his sister Amber. Right. <laughs> Which is very, very, they were very cute. They were very, very cute cats and expressive. And um, I think you knew I just wanted to watch a movie about kitties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they were, Jake... The cat is an alien who has crash landed on Earth and needs to repair his ship in order to get back to the mothership right? Um, for his mission. And they really jump right into it. <laughs> like, there's yeah, no I really setup. like that. There's zero character. Like, you get all the character development through... Jake's little, eyes, kind of, because yeah, he's through, spying on everybody. Yeah, little bits of exposition and... But yeah, it starts off with his spaceship crashing. Yeah. And, yeah. It's... And then the farmer is like, oh, I'm going to call the police. And then the military shows up and they're like, that's a spaceship. We got to get that out of here. It's funny, too, because the farmer definitely had a look and um, mm-hmm. mostly known as doing voices for cartoons. It's uh, Dallas McKinnon. Yes. And... Uh, yeah. With um wearing overalls with just the one shoulder strap hey, that, that's on. That's a look. It is a look. I was like, mm, all right. He follows the military to um like a like an Area Fifty One. Yeah, like an thing. Area yeah. Fifty One kind of thing. And General like, Stilton, played by Harry Morgan, uh, Colonel yes. Potter from Mash, gets a bunch of scientists to figure out if they can determine what is making the energy for the little drive thing for yeah it's it, probably the engine for yeah. the ship it's, it's just looks like a light one of the scientists is sandy duncan and she mentions that in her carpool uh there's a guy named frank who is really good with this stuff so she brings him in and he's ken barry it's i think it's kind of neat too that all these scientists carpool together and live in an apartment building because um mclean stevenson is another scientist too. <laughs> yes, is also one of the scientists. Yeah, with a gambling problem. Yeah, yeah. He he's definitely like a an Oscar from the Odd Couple type. Character. Yes, yes. Oh, it was so great. Um, and then one of the army guys is James Hampton, who I know him most as Michael J. Fox's dad in Teen Wolf. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then later in the movie, uh there's army uh they're spying on Frank mm-hmm. and one of the spies is Rick Hurst, who's playing like uh he's riding like the Dighty truck. Oh yeah, and yeah. Rick Hurst played Cletus on Dukes of Hazard, and at the very end of the movie there's a scene where a judge is swearing in the cat from outer space, Jake. Jake, as and, a U.S. citizen. Yeah, as a U.S. citizen. <laughs> you which know. Which is hilarious. And then <sighs> uh, it's like, here's this like real life alien. And it's such like a nothing thing that it's just like McLean Stevenson, Ken Barry, and Sandy Duncan. Yeah, it's there. just the three of them with the cat. Yeah, no being press. Sworn in. No, no press. military. But the presiding judge is Sorel Book. Um, who played Boss Hog. And even though I've seen this movie before, I don't think I ever recognized him in anything else that he's done, even mm-hmm. though I've seen him in a lot of other things, just because 
his whole boss hog persona is so identifiable that whenever I see him in something else, I totally don't recognize him at all. Yeah. And it was neat to actually hear him speak with a regular voice and not his over the top southern Southern drawl. Yeah. 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 So that, that was really cool. I, you know, I, anyone who listens to the show knows that I, get a nerd boner for character <laughs> actors and yes, this definitely do. had a bunch of them for me to yes there were a lot of character over. actors um it was a really i did think it was really funny that there was like basically like an evil villain like working against the military who's like basically elon musk yeah but uh, with like a weird mr beard. olympus yeah i'm like what is this and like, i really think that um will ferrell and Zoolander. Zoolander when he's uh, I think it's Mustafa or something. Yeah, like Hold I on. really think that there had to have been a nod <laughs> to this because it is such a It is very And Mr. Olympus Mugatu, that's okay. yeah. Mr. Uh, Olympus is played by William Prince who is actually kind of like a a handsome actor <laughs> in his day and I think it's really funny that they made him look so fucking nutty. He looks insane in this. Like, absolutely nuts. I'm like, what the... And his his lair is, like, built into the side of a mountain, I think, or something. It's very, like... I understand that it is a movie about a cat from outer space. (laughs) But I was also like, where did this plotline come from? (laughs) I don't understand. Like the military is already chasing them. They really didn't need like another one. But I guess they needed his helicopter. Yeah. (laughs) For for the big rescue scene at the end. I also was reading that Sandy Duncan is actually allergic to cats. Yeah. (laughs) But she has to like almost every scene she's in, she has to like hold a cat or be near a cat. (laughs) I... uh always heard the rumor that Sandy Duncan had a glass eye, which mm-hmm. is not true. She had a tumor in one of her eyes, uh, I think her right eye, mm-hmm. and had that removed, but she ended up, because of that, she's blind in one eye. And she met her husband when she was getting that surgery. So I, I just think that's kind of Aww. a sweet story. Like, how scared you must be that you have, like, this tumor in your behind eye. your eye. And then something really good comes out of it. Like, you meet your husband. The dude that you marry. Yeah, like, you end up finding your person. That's really sweet. Yeah. Sorry, left eye, not right eye. Oh, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, this was a really cute movie. I mean, obviously it's totally bonkers because it's cat. It's a cat from outer space. The cat doesn't like move its mouth or anything like that, or they don't even like put peanut butter in its mouth to make it look like it's talking. Right. They they are like, no, he can talk telepathically. Yeah, he has a a a, not magic, but he has a collar that basically helps him. Helps him communicate and, like, move things. And he's like, yeah, we figured we didn't need to evolve past being cats because we strengthened our brains instead of our bodies. (laughs) I'm like, damn, that's hurtful. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, like, it's really, it's very cute. I don't, I mean, like, it gets a little convoluted in that there's so many people chasing him. (laughs) But it's... It's very 
very cute and very silly. Yeah. I, I really did enjoy watching it. I like, too, that it was written by Ted Key, who created Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which <gasps> is about a kid and a talking dog. dog. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are not familiar, that was one of the cartoons from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. And yeah. then I think it also had a movie in the last maybe 10 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2014, they did a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a really fun movie. I'm glad that it... And actually, aside from the fact that you know, <laughs> there are definitely shots where they're using stuffed animals oh instead God. of real ones. And <laughs> well, yeah, because there's a scene where the cat is sitting on like the dash of an airplane, but it's like an old timey airplane where it's like you're just kind of sitting in a cockpit right. and like it's open air around you, and it is 100 percent a cat mounted on that dash. And Sandy Duncan has a cat too and there are so many scenes where she is holding this really fake looking cat very fake looking white and persian cat as awful as they look there's also a scene where (laughs) there is uh one of the powers that the that jake has is he can freeze people and he freezes a guard who has a german shepherd and they never show the front of the german shepherd you only see it from behind and the fact that they showed the cat's faces when they're just stuffed yeah, animals like you can see their faces and they look really bad it makes it made us wonder how fucking bad did how that german bad. seriously look? i kept imagining that it had button eyes and looked like something <laughs> out of Coraline or something yeah. like we don't uh the prop department didn't have any german shepherd eyes so, so uh we just use buttons it was probably fine yeah. and they're like just don't shoot it from the front are those human teeth that's <laughs> mouth uh yeah we didn't we didn't have any canine we teeth. didn't have any canine teeth I mean, I guess we could use nails. <laughs> yeah, looks you, like a monster. The incisors are nails. What the fuck <laughs> what the did fuck? you do? Like, oh, we had to improvise. Um, it was uh, like this makes the Baron Annihilation look cuddly. Like, what the fuck is the wrong fuck with is this going German? On? We're just gonna have to shoot it from behind. It's like, well, we need shots of it from the front. Just no. use a still frame from the movie. Yeah, they just have it like you know, a yeah, like a still shot, and it looks so insane because it's in motion, so it's <laughs> yes. kind of blurry still. Where you're like, okay, that's so like it's really bad. <laughs> like they probably just because the dog is barking, so the guy's like holding the dog, and so because it's moving, it's a little blurry. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really bad. And I'm just like, man, that puppet must have looked so fucking bad because it looked pretty bad from the side. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's a stuffed animal. And they but, had like, it looked like they had one stunt person doing all the aerial work because Jake's collar can make people fly too. Mm-hmm. So there's moments where Frank is flying and swimming through the air and you accidentally <laughs> and it's probably just a problem of high definition televisions now yeah. like you can see that it's clearly someone yeah else. that it's not the same person <laughs> but i think that was the same stunt man who was doubling for sandy duncan yes. too which i'm like come on sandy duncan was in peter pan she can do wire work <laughs> like let her i don't know what the hell like there, I also had a lot of questions about that whole like airplane helicopter scene because you can tell that it's like they were actually like flying. I mean, probably low. 
Mm. some of the shots that are far off, they're using a stunt person. So I'm like, do they really need to do all this? Like, it just seems like they really did not need to do it like that. I do have to say that the end action sequence of Jake makes this wreck of an airplane fly. That's Mm -hmm. just basically a skeleton of an airplane. Yeah, it's like it's. With broken propellers. Yeah, it's got a broken propeller. It's like most of the paneling is missing on yeah. it. And they're like, oh, it's fine. And it's chasing after a helicopter. And then people parachute out of the helicopter. And then Sandy Duncan has to get from the helicopter to the airplane with the cat. And it was kind of impressive. It was pretty impressive. I was like, I I was very surprised that they really went all out like that on what is a children's movie right i was i was surprised like yeah. they really like they had stunt people legitimately like on top of a plane like dangling from a helicopter but it was also edited very well like it was edited I mean, very well you know that they were stunt people but it was edited in a way that i was able to suspend my disbelief oh yeah for sure it wasn't too super distracting i mean it was also shot from like far off because they were probably shooting from another helicopter. It was done very well. I'm surprised that they did all that for yeah. for a kids movie. But I mean, I think it, it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. There's yeah. also a scene where they're in uh, northern, probably just north of the San Fernando Valley, like mountains. And they look exactly like the mountains from MASH. <laughs> it made <laughs> yes. me wonder. <laughs> like, do they just use the same yeah. location? Yeah. I, they probably did. They probably did. Did Harry Morgan go like, all right, I have to get... Oh, I can't do Harry Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Let's bail out of that. that was, I mean, good. You should have. Was... You were never a big MASH fan. Um, I... It was... Before your time. It was really. before my time. My parents did watch the reruns, but I think it was just a little bit too serious for me. Yeah. Um, like, even though it, it, it was a essentially a situation comedy, it, it was still about war and there were still serious episodes. So, yeah, I, I think it was just a little too above my head for how young I was when my parents were still watching it. I went down a wormhole of MASH trivia and Gary Berghoff, who played Radar, mm-hmm. uh and Radar it was such a likable character. Yeah, sweet, sweetheart. And, you know, there's real, like, uh, cantankerous characters. Like, um, one of the guys, I'm blanking on his name. He just um, died not too long ago. Uh, he's in Lilo and Stitch. David Ogden Steers, okay. who plays Jumba in Lilo oh, and Stitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plays, like, a real dick on MASH, mm-hmm. but apparently was, like, one of the nicest people Aww. in the whole world. And Radar, who's supposed to be the nicest guy in the whole world, apparently Gary Berghoff was kind of a dick. And a lot of people didn't really like working with him that much. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I never knew that. It's one of those things where, like, sometimes, you know, you find out, like, someone that's really likable is actually just, you know, it's because they're playing in the game, you know? Yeah. they They know they can get away with it sort of a thing which you know that's part of what i think was the most disappointing thing about when we lived in california is kind of realizing how shitty some people really were (laughs) which and you know i'm not gonna name names on a podcast but if you want to chat later (laughs) i really i will name names i really like the story we became friendly with ken levine who was Mm -hmm. one of the writers of cheers and one of the uh 
ran MASH for a little while, yes, too. Yeah, yeah. And if any of the actors complained that they weren't getting enough lines as someone else and, you know, like someone would complain like, oh, they got the funny parts or whatever. Yeah. They would write a scene <laughs> where everyone would be outside bundled around uh, uh, like a fire in mm-hmm. a barrel and all bundled up. And that was to punish the actors because they really shot that in the summer. In the summer in and it was so hot. Yeah. So <sighs> that taught everyone to not. Uh, not be butts. Yeah, not bitch about <laughs> Yeah. The scripts. Yeah. That was funny. I also felt like the pool hall that they shot in was like I feel like they reused some sets from the Stang <laughs> a little bit. Oh yeah, they may have. Uh it looked a little bit like they made it maybe reuse some set pieces. From yeah. The I mean Sting. this was shot on back lot. Yeah, so I'm sure they used like or, you know, similar construction. We um we went on a Warner Brothers studio tour back when we still lived in California, and it's like a three-hour tour, but it's totally three-hour three tour. tour. But it is it was worth it. We I don't know if they still do it if they still do the um, California resident ticket, but it's very reasonable if you're able to um, get that. Even if you're not, the the more expensive price was still totally fucking worth it because you get to go behind the scenes and like see all of this amazing stuff but one of the places that they took us to was i think they called it the barn Mm -hmm. and it was where the prop department works where they build all of the sets where they build all of the props and it is amazing like we just kind of drove through it because you can't really like walk through because it's you know there's dangerous tools and obviously things being constructed you can't really walk through it but it is amazing what these people are able to put together. Oh, yeah. Uh, Our friend. friend, Yeah, yeah. our friend Jonathan worked in the art department for Mm -hmm. a bunch of... One of the things he worked on was Chuck. And, Uh (laughs) like, they literally gave him (laughs) a bathroom set. And they said, uh, we got, like, 500 bucks that we can spend on this. Can you turn it into a bank vault? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, it, they're pretty masterful with some of the stuff that oh, they yeah. are able to do. And mm-hmm. I liked it that Jonathan would send me pictures of stuff when he was like working on, yeah. like, Scream Queens mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, he built, like, all of those, like, the inside of the sorority house yeah. um, on Scream Queens. So that big, beautiful staircase and all that, like... He was part of constructing that. Like, yeah. it's it's very cool. Yeah, the art department's really, really neat. Yeah. It's, you know, unsung heroes. He told the story about, um, he told the story about working on Inherent Vice, mm-hmm. the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. movie, where they shot a bunch of stuff in a real location in, uh, like, Santa Monica or something like that. And then Paul Thomas Anderson wanted to shoot another scene there, but they didn't have access to it so they had to build it and completely replicate it yeah oh yeah which is speaks to the talent of any art department you know that you can watch something that is shot on two separate locations and maybe there's footage from that in one scene and you can't even tell and you can't tell Yeah. yeah so it's yeah it's it's pretty cool um 
I will never stop telling people to take the Warner Brothers studio tour. It's so yeah, I amazing. Know. I feel like <laughs> I think this is probably the third or fourth time I mentioned it, and because it's so good, like. If you go on vacation out there, like, do the Warner Brothers studio tour. It's so good. It's worth every penny. We had such a nice time. We did. It was very cool. So that was Cat from Outer Space? Yes. And um, it was awesome. And the cat was, like, seriously super cute. Well, Very cute. Very expressive. Speaking of super cute, expressive cats, I think it's time for our cat's dinner. So. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Although Gizmo hasn't been screaming at us. Not it. Hey. God damn it. Is there an old Disney movie that you think we should watch? I, I'm curious to visit more of these. Or huh. is there, <laughs> I realize yes. I did an entire podcast on this premise alone, but is there a movie from your childhood that you think might be something we could introduce our kid to? Even though we both have watched our fair share of Disney movies, a lot of times there's just something that we didn't see because there is you know it's (laughs) children's television is pretty heavily saturated so if there's something we missed we would love to hear like what was your favorite movie um disney or just kids movie that sometimes you'll think back and it's like a fever dream you're like do you remember that movie where (laughs) you know such and such happened and everyone looks at you like you're insane and you're like no it's a real movie like i swear it exists and it's on imdb but like nobody else knows what you're talking about yes i feel that way about babes in toyland a lot (laughs) (laughs) i'm like no with keanu reeves and people are like i don't know what you're talking about thank you for listening to the podcast and follow us on instagram join the facebook group Leave a kind review. And until next week, keep being awesome. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. bye. bye.